Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wallop Mania 3, Part 2, Night 2, and some extra. I'm Rylan Turner. I'm joined by Kyle Joseph, as always. Kyle, we've done it. We've made it through the weekend. How do you feel? I'm barely alive. (laughs) I feel like I'm right there with you. This was... Uh, just outside of wrestling, this was already a pretty long week that I had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I've been very busy, but it was good to, you know, it was good to see the wrestles. It was good to see uh, how everything was going. I was happy with how WrestleMania turned out in general. Like, whenever you can come out of a WrestleMania feeling like... um Especially WrestleMania like this one, where I just had no idea what to expect and end up feeling good about it. That's a win. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that I I took out of this mania was that I enjoyed it. I I really, really enjoyed it. And And I have to say, as much as I do feel like it did suffer from night two syndrome a little bit, it wasn't as bad as last year. It wasn't, it wasn't near to the degree that night two suffered, I think last year and having a huge stadium full of people, it helps a lot. I think they paced this both shows pretty well. Um, Minus, I guess the fact that that the new day match got cut, but I mean, what that match ended up being, it's no wonder they just cut it. We will talk about that match. Uh, Now, uh, before we get into WrestleMania Night 2, uh, I would like to touch on a few things. Number one, Ring of Honor had their Supercard of Honor show Friday night. A uh, few notable things. This is definitely Tony Khan's Ring of Honor. Um, he he very much so took the titles, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, Mercedes Martinez is your new interim Ring of Honor women's champion. Uh, Wheeler Yuta defeated Josh Woods for the Pure Championship. And then subsequently signed with AEW. Um, uh, FTR won the tag team titles uh, off the Briscoes. Uh, they're also AEW guys. Uh, Tully Blanchard redebuted with a new client, uh, a couple new clients actually. I'm not sure of the tag team name uh, that, that's escaping me right now, but he did uh, bring out Brian Cage as well. So Brian Cage and um, him. What, what are your thoughts on the pairing? I like it. I'm glad Brian Cage had something to do. It's and been it's a good. while. I, I, I appreciate the fact that they recognize that this guy is the type of guy for a manager. And because yeah. I feel like to throw him out into the sharks and have him cut promos would be, would have been terrible for him. I agree. Uh, I'm not, not, that's not why he was on team Taz. Right. Right. And I'm not to say that the guy can't talk. Maybe he can, maybe he, maybe he's more eloquent than we're giving him credit for, but like it hasn't been something that we've been shown. And until he, they feel like he's in the position to do it, I, I'm, I'm happy that at least they've got Tully in his corner because Tully's an excellent talker and an excellent manager. Yeah. Um, the other point I wanted to make was Jonathan Gresham did de- defeat Bandito uh, and becoming the undisputed Ring of Honor champion. Uh, the match ended with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt coming out to attack him, which is weird considering that the last time I had seen anything with Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham were definitely linked. Um, they had their last, the last, their, they had a match together on the last pay-per-view and shook hands and everything. Uh, but this, this brought out the biggest uh, reaction of the night, which was Samoa Joe uh, returned to ring of honor, got in the face of Jay Lethal, which sent him out of the ring. And then he locked Sanjay Dutt in the coquine clutch, making the save. 
and again, subsequently announced that he is signed with AEW. He's going to compete on Wednesday in the Owen Hart uh, tournament qualifying match against Max Caster. He's also going to get a live mic. Um, thoughts on that? It's Samoa Joe, man. Here's the thing about this. If we're being realistic, we may be seeing the last, like, the last handful of Samoa Joe matches that he's got left. Right. He said that he's healthy. They did a scrum afterwards, which I really hope they continue to do for the Ring of Honor pay-per-views as well. I love that idea. Um, but no, he, he did did, uh, did a little bit of a, a segment where he talked about his health and said that while it was touch and go for a long time, he is healthy and he feels good. Um, so I hope you're right. I, 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 I Sorry, I hope that we get more than just a handful of matches, but you're right. This could very well be at least the last run for Joe. Yes, um, and and if it is like, let's let's sit back and celebrate it. He's a, yeah. he's an incredibly talented wrestler, and I feel like I'm just excited to see him. Um, getting into other things that happened this weekend, uh, the Hall of Fame also took place Friday night following SmackDown. Uh, the Steiner brothers went in. Queen Charmel went in. Shad Gaspard went in on the Warrior for the Warrior Award, uh, and then the Undertaker went in as well. Am I missing anyone? Um, Undertaker, uh, Steiner Brothers. I, I mentioned them off the top. Oh, um, okay. So this was uh, a two and a half hour show, although they did have a 15 minute um, pre-show, I guess, beforehand while they were setting up. Uh, I love the way this was done. Um, this was done in the ring like it was last time. They had the, uh, the superstars on the ramp uh, seated with their wives uh, or, or uh, husbands, um, partners, what have you. Um, I think I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but somebody mentioned that this was a great way to do it because it gave the wrestlers one more walk down the ramp. And I, it's not enough to be said about something like that. I think, yeah. um, there's oh, 100%. Uh, the Steiners were, they didn't have a lot of time. Uh, this is, I'll, I'll give you the best of the Steiners. Uh, they came out, um, very excited uh scott grabbed the mic right away and said giving me a a live mic is sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing which uh rick then grabbed the mic and they exchanged a look (laughs) uh scott then went and told one of the most hilarious uh macho man randy savage stories i've ever heard i'm going to try and retell it for you guys um it's not long but it's, it's good uh, I guess they used to travel with Macho when they first got to the WWF. And there was one day that they were traveling through a country, uh, country, countryside and he asked them to stop the car. Yeah, so they stopped the car and he's like, if you guys can go over there and get those cows to come over here, I'm going to pay for everything for the rest of the weekend. The rest of the week, I'll pay the gas. I'll pay the hotels. We'll get food. If you can get those cows to come over here. Oh yeah. So Scott gets out of the car and Scott starts imitating himself doing this. And I'm just imagining Scott Steiner uh, with his neon tr- tights in 1993 and his mullet going, Moo! Moo! Come over here! Moo! I've got food! Moo! And apparently the cows didn't moo. As okay, cows Randy's- are, are tend to do. Yeah. Randy Savage then gets out of the car, walks over to the fence and draws the cows close. And Scott said that to this day, he has no idea what Randy said to get those cows to come over there. 
but it was one of the most incredible things he's ever seen and one of his favorite stories to tell. Uh, Rick then get out, got on the mic and said, we were given four minutes and you took three, so thank you for that. Um, story of their career. <laughs> uh, he went on to thank everybody. Actually, Braun Breaker was the one to induct them, which was great as well. Um, Scott has two sons as well. So this is this family is I feel like we got and they don't look like small children either. I mean, they're not older. They're, they look like maybe 12, 13 years old, but they look built. <laughs> they, they look like this the Steiner Brothers 2.0 could become. Um, this was a really fun moment. It was nice to see Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner get their flowers, which they very much so deserve. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, I don't think anyone could argue that Scott Steiner, one of the greatest promos of all time. I don't think anyone could argue that whether he was coherent or not, always very entertaining. Uh, and it was great. It was great um, to see this. Uh, next up was Queen Charmel. Uh, she was a character that a lot of people online were crapping all over and saying that, oh, she doesn't deserve to go in, blah, 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 blah. Well, Booker T was the one to induct her and told a story about how before they brought her on, he was ready to quit the WWE. He wasn't having fun anymore. Uh, he, he was tired of it. And he just, he was done. Uh, in the last ditch effort, they pitched to have her become his manager. And he said that that added three to four years of his career to his career in the WWE. Um, Queen Charmel came out, uh, the crowd chant, you deserve it, uh, which was nice. Um, and she got out and she, she gave a really nice speech about just loving being in the industry and, and, and really loving the people and that it was a very, very high honor for her to get to receive this. Um, and that was that, that was, it was another induction where I was just like, by the end of it, while I may have felt like, I don't know about that one in the beginning, by the end of it, I was like, All right, get your, get your ring. Um, Chad Gaspard got the warrior award this year. Uh, his wife, JTG and his young son uh, inducted him. This was everything it, I expected it to be. I balled my eyes out. Um, this is such a tragic story, but it was so amazing to see this guy honored like this. And I, I really, I commend WWE. I wish they would have done it sooner, but I commend them for doing it now. Um, I can understand wanting people to actually be in the arena to hear this story because it is, a, it is an amazing story. Um, and yeah, I, it, was, it was incredibly touching. Uh, please, please do check that out. And if you're not familiar with the story, please check that out too. The guy needs to always be remembered as, as the hero that he was. Um, final inductee, the big one, the Undertaker went in. Um, he comes out. Uh, Vince McMahon talks about you know history with the Undertaker. Talks about uh, going out and filming uh, segments for the show called Shotgun Saturday Night. Uh, which you could see visibly that Vince really loved. Um, and he, he then brought out uh, Undertaker, called him Mark Calloway for the first time. And uh, then the crowd was introduced to Mark Calloway for the first time in front of a live audience. Um, this guy, the Undertaker was not there that night. It was this guy speaking from the heart about his career. He talked for an hour. Um, pretty much. They gave this guy as much as he wanted. Um, the, I made the joke that he, he did this like a TED talk. Uh, he had the, the, um, the earpiece microphone. He didn't stand at the podium. He moved around. He used his hands. He was, 
he was set on the Jim Cornette show. It looked like he might have been uh, working this out to take on the road. Uh, if he does do that, I think it's I think that's a great thing for the Undertaker. Um, to, if you're going to do if you if you're if you, you know you you got to retire, but you want to stay in the business somehow. I've seen Mick Foley do one man shows; they're great. Uh, a lot of wrestlers are doing it, and it's it's a fantastic venture to get into. A way to tell your stories. Um, in 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 a, in a cool sort of environment with the people right there and, and listening to this, uh, and I'm sure the Undertaker's probably got a thousand stories that no one's ever heard because he's been such a protected character over the years. Um, and this was great. Uh, I, I will say though, it was notable that he he did not mention Mick Foley, Steve Austin, or The Rock in his uh, thanking of the wrestlers. He he got Triple H, he got Shawn Michaels, he got a, a few of the others that were there. Um, I don't, I, not to say that, like, I, I'm sure that, you know, you, you're given this time to talk and you've got all this worked in your head, worked out in your head. There's going to be moments where you forget stuff or forget someone. It's hard, even with an hour, to try and encapsulate a 30-year career. Um, but, I mean, I feel like Mick Foley's one guy, though, that, like, <laughs> you, you don't want to forget him. You don't want to like that. That guy and The Undertaker had the, some of the most incredible matches in the 90s. And uh, that one was notable. But however, he uh, then put on there were behind him. There were a bunch of robes from his career set up. He put on the robe. He said now that he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, he's uh, able finally able to rest in peace. And he puts on the hat, turns away from the hard camera and then turns back and says, never say never. Which is uh, just like, a, I don't know, I guess that's a kiss on the cheek to Vince <laughs> for everything. So that was the Hall of Fame. I thought for a two and a half hour show, it breezed right by. Uh, it was it was really, really good. I really hope I didn't forget anyone. Um, Kyle, any thoughts on the Hall of Fame and the inductees? Uh, Vader, you got to talk about him. Vader. Oh, so his son inducted him, and he was that was another a very emotional, very very great speech. His son and his wife. Um, just uh, just a <laughs> that's another one that man. I wish he could have been a lot around to, to go into the Hall of Fame. I know Mick Foley was definitely uh campaigning for him at, near the end of his life, and uh, a guy that a lot of people look at his WWF career and think that he wasn't much, but man, this guy was a force in the wrestling industry. Easily one of the nicest guys that people uh, people I don't hear often people say negative things about Vader. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but that's just me. Um, also, uh, one of the greatest television show appearances of all time in Boy Meets World. So there's 100%. that. Um, his son also looks like he could wrestle. Just saying. <laughs> there are a lot of, a lot of next generation, a lot of next generation at this, uh, at this Hall of Fame uh, ceremony. Uh, now, Kyle, would you like to say anything about any of the inductees? Um, obviously, uh, like my experience with a lot of these wrestlers is going to be, uh, painted because I'm a, a very modern wrestler. My first experience of seeing Vader was on Boy Meets World, but like you go back and watch some of his stuff and it's, it's for a big man, he is insanely agile, incredibly, uh, capable in the ring, uh, had some of the greatest matches was the, uh, one of the greatest bad guys yes. in the history of wrestling to the point where he caused a riot in Japan. Yeah. 
Those um, are some of the most calm people I've ever seen watch wrestling ever. <laughs> they clap for God's sake. They don't. They don't cheer. They. That's what we get from the Japanese crowd. Yeah, so not to say that. No, apparently not. But uh, but yeah, like we're. He was uh, an absolute legend. I'm glad he finally got into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it was a long time coming. Um, I am obviously the yeah, the Shad Gaspard story is a heartbreaking one. Um, it's good to see him get his uh, his uh, due as well. I figured it was coming. It was just uh, you know. I I, 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 I do I think, think they that, were waiting for a live a live crowd for that. And and, and, and you know what. I, I get it because the guy deserves to do that that I really was happy to see JTG there as well. That yes. was that was also very touching. So yeah, uh, it goes to show and like you know, it goes to show uh how much like JTG has been for, you know, for as long as as this has been happening has been talking about how amazing his his time, his experience with uh Shaq Gasford has been. So it it's very touching. It was great to see uh, them get in. Obviously, my familiarity with the Steiner brothers is, is limited, but they're you know synonymous with early tag team wrestling, uh, with that era of tag team wrestling. So it's good to see them get their their flowers. And yeah, Rick Rick Steiner. I'm, I'm glad he's he's in the Hall of Fame in some capacity. And Queen Charmel, obviously, like she made that character. She made that thing work. Yeah, like absolutely. She did the same th- same thing that Mickey, uh, or Vicky Guerrero did. She was given yeah. something, and she made from chicken shit. She made chicken salad. And uh, King Booker uh, should never have worked. Like he's come back as King Booker. Yeah, uh, it, it's a thing that a gimmick that never should have worked, but it's a testament to the the fun that those two had putting into that character. And uh, the effort that they they put into it, obviously. Um, what can be said about the Undertaker? He is, he is. There is no one more synonymous with WWE to me than the Undertaker. I don't know that there is going to be another person. Just given what we know about what this business does to people, I don't know if we're going to see somebody like the Undertaker ever again. Um, I am glad to see him get in. Uh, I would like to say never for for his uh, in-ring career, but... There's nothing wrong with bringing him back as like an enforcer or something like that, maybe a yeah. few years down the road. Like, the guy is still an imposing force. Like, yes. when you stand next to him, it doesn't look like he's a beat-down old guy. Or, um, or, you know, would it be sad if he was in another Boneyard match? No. No, absolutely not. Like cinematic matches, I totally understand that. Um, I will say, I, 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 the look he had the whole weekend in the, the black suit with his hair combed back and, and tied up and braided, so manager-esque. Like, it would be almost, almost great to incl- make, give, him to, give him to somebody as a manager, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. You know, it's, and there's a lot of options that you obviously have with somebody like him. I'm... We'll see what happens. I'm optimistic that uh, he's going to have a future in the business in some capacity. And for frankly, I just hope it's whatever, like whatever makes him happy at this point in his, in his life. I hope he gets the opportunity to go do that. Absolutely. Uh, 
I am going to talk a little bit about the Raw after WrestleMania, but not until after we get through WrestleMania itself. I think that's best. Kyle, it's time for night two, sir. Night two kicked off with, man, this might have been match of the night. Uh, Actually, before we get into that, yeah, we should talk about Triple H. Before we get into that, speaking of guys uh, who probably are, it's, it's probably over. Triple H... Um, left his boots in the ring. Uh, he does the full entrance as the game crowd is going wild for this. And he uh, welcomes everybody to WrestleMania. And yeah, it looks like uh, Triple H is, he has he had announced that he had retired. I think this is just sort of putting everything, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Um, I expect that he is going to, I, I suspect that he'll be the Hall of Fame headliner next year. It's very possible. Very possible and, and well-deserved. I think what we're going to see for the next three years, I think it's going to be uh, Triple H headlining the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, and then The Rock will be in his last match in against Roman Reigns if we're going to get that. And then uh, The Rock will be the headliner of the year after. It is, it is strange to know that the, the Hollywood uh, – WrestleMania won't be the one he's going into the Hall of Fame, but but uh, that being said, I think you're correct on that. I think I I definitely could see that. Um, yeah, let's get let's get into it though. Let's get yeah. Into it. Uh, we'll get into uh, Gable Stevenson got another introduction. <laughs> uh, he was in the crowd for this one as he got to watch a pretty great match. RK Bro, Street Profits, Alpha Academy, RK Bro defending their tag Raw tag team titles. And who oh boy, this was chaos. Uh, the match breaks down early as everyone gets dumped to the outside, leaving Otis alone in the ring, and he does his Otis thing. Uh, everybody gets into the ring, and the fight is on. They're just brawling. Uh, we get some crazy spots to the outside. Montez Ford hits a Kotope Kanhilo over the post. Uh, Chad Gable follows that up with an Asai Moonsault, taking everybody out on the floor. Alpha Academy uh, bring get back in the ring. They hit Riddle with a clothesline German suplex combination. Otis brutalizes Riddle for a while before tagging in Gable. We get a Northern Light suplex that gets a two count. Gable later hits Ford with a monkey flip, which gets a two. Dawkins hot tags in, suplexes Riddle and Ford. Dawkins then hits the silencer for two as Otis hits a splash to uh, make the tag. Um, Riddle <clears throat> gets a big knee and a bro to sleep. And finally, we get the first tag in of Randy Orton. He hot tags in, clears a bunch of people out, fires off a bunch of his classic offense, dropping Ford and Gable onto the floor. RK Bro hits stereo draping DDTs on Alpha Academy, but the Street Profits manage to clear them out. We get an electric chair blockbuster by the Street Profits. This was such a great move. Oh, Um, incredible. Incredible. Chad Gable kicks out at two. Riddle then hits an avalanche RKO uh, to save Orton, who was caught in the middle of the ring. And Orton hits Gable with a catching RKO for the win. They said it was the greatest RKO of all time. I don't think it surpasses Justin Gabriel's. But it was... Are you referring to Evan Bourne? Or sorry, Evan Bourne's. I get, yeah. That era is a little... Yeah, it's, it is. I understand. <laughs> um, but this was 
tremendous high energy, great way to start the night. And I'll get to the post-match before your reaction. We get a drink offered by the Street Profits to celebrate RK Bro's win. And they invite Gable Steveson to come in. And Chad Gable knocks the cup away. And he's trying to teach Gable Steveson some respect. And Gable Steveson takes off his shirt and overhead belly to belly is Chad Gable for his trouble. He straight tossed that, that young man. Um, and, yeah, we get, uh, everybody gets some drinks to celebrate. A uh, couple things. Uh, this match was fucking fantastic. Randy Orton is so great. He is so so great. And yeah, you he's know, I've been watching his this. life. He is. He, and he. The thing is, is it's not only is he having the run of his life, but you can see that. You can see it on his face when he's in the ring in these tag team scenarios with these guys. He looks like he's having the time of his life. He knows, and he's so smart that it looks like he's also teaching Riddle stuff throughout the match do you know what i mean like cues and how to get people to react this way and even seeing this on camera i'm like good for these guys like they honestly they look like they're having a a fantastic time with this um look like this was bar none probably one of the best tag team matches i've seen wwe produce in a long time very long time uh so happy that it got on wrestlemania so happy all these guys got their spots in uh this was just like you said chaos and I'll say this. Gable Stevenson is getting a lot of uh, face time this, this year heading into what could be uh, him on television, like right away. Um, apparently he wants to finish school and they're planning on fast tracking him. I, I, I mean, I, the toss was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but who was on the other end of that toss? Though? That's my thing. Sure. I'm just like- nervous that like, it, they, they, they're just going like you could be Kurt Angle and he might not and maybe they've done a lot of work with him already and maybe he's already kind of shown that that element and that's why we're hearing that he's going to get fast tracked the main roster but like I don't know I just feel like it, he's a guy who might benefit from spending some time um, not necessarily in NXT 2.0 but like working out stuff in the PC for like till maybe SummerSlam I just don't want to see this guy show up in July and not be ready. You know what I mean? Sure. I just think, like, he's a guy who has a big enough amateur background that I think he's going to figure it out. Oh, yeah. I, I, again, <laughs> no, I have no doubts this guy eventually is going to be a top player in the, in the WWE or just in the wrestling business. I mean, it, may, it very well may not work in the WWE. And we've seen there's other places to go. There's definitely other places. And that's a good thing. Uh, this was great. I loved the the toss. I loved all that. Uh, some that's those that some whack ass tattoos. But we'll move on. <laughs> we will move on. Let's get to the next match. Next match is the Omos versus Bobby Lashley. Omos hits some strikes, knocking Lashley to the floor. Lashley tries to. He gets locked in the iron claw, but Lashley breaks out of it. Almost is another clubbing blow knocking him down. Almost then traps Lashley in the corner. Lashley tries to fight out. He attempts to get the hurt lock, but he's not able to place it. Almost is just kind of laughing at him. Almost catches Bobby Lashley midair, which for a guy, even, even at Almost's size, catching a guy Bobby Lashley's size in the air is still impressive. I thought it was incredible how small Bobby Lashley looked compared to Almost. Yes. Like I've never seen Bobby Lashley look like small, but no. in, to, compared to this guy, it was, it was n- not even close. 
He catches him midair and just tosses him down, almost then locks in a bear hug for a while. Lashley finally breaks almost his hold. He then, he tried to set up a suplex a couple times, finally does set up a snap suplex. He spears him in the back and then hits a second spear to pick up the victory. This match wasn't great, but it was about as good as we could expect it to be. Oh, I thought this was fucking terrible, man. Uh, I I think, you know, what's funny is it was very evident throughout the match that Bobby, it's not funny, but it, very evident that Bobby Lashley was trying his ass off in this match. Yeah. He was trying everything. And I think when he hit him with to the spear in the kidney, which was not the first time we were going to see that in this pay-per-view, <laughs> um, I thought it was evident that, like, as hard as he was trying, this guy is not ready for – I think it's evident what they did on, on, on Raw afterwards is, is for a good reason. I, I don't know what happened on Raw after. We'll, we'll find out. Or we'll find out after. Sure. Uh... This is fine. Like, here's the thing. What are we going to get? Like, what are we expecting from Oma, the Omos? If we're know. expecting more than this, then, like, if we were ever expecting more than this, then it's ridiculous. I think it's difficult because, like, again, he's a guy who's at such a size that we're not going to see him do things necessarily smoothly. It's just, it's not his fault. Well, he just, he just bumped. Like, like, yeah. ultimately, like, that's about, about as high expectations as we can have is he took a suplex and that looked fine. He took the spear. Uh, he sold it perfectly well. Yeah. He was finally taken down. Like, that, that was the worry I always had was like, oh, he's the, nobody's ever taken him off his feet. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. But they put him in there with a guy like Lashley who was going to be able to do it and going to be able to do it in a way that he wasn't going to get hurt. Lashley, like a, a consummate pro, longtime veteran of the business. I think some of the offense was a little – like the bear hug I've never been a huge fan of in terms of uh, – it's kind of like the neck lock. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't look as, you know, it never looks painful. No. Uh, even, but I'll say the Iron Claw looked fine. I think that's something that he could add to his, or have in his repertoire. I think if we're expecting him to be anything more than like an Andre the Giant type, where he's just going to come in there and be more of a, you know, a wonder than a wrestler. No disrespect to Andre, but towards the end of his career, that's basically what Andre was. Right, right. Um, I, I will say, uh, I would have put him with the Alpha again. <laughs> I think, not to say that I feel like Chad Gable's getting a moonsault out of this guy or anything like that, but I just think if this could this this team is both taken seriously as competitors, but also comedic. And I feel like Alpha Academy segments with almost would be great. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll move on to the next match. And my notes cut out for this because how do you take notes for something like this? I'm going to basically just tell you the spots that I can recall. And you can add to them if you want. Sure. Uh, um, let's see here. So I'll say this, it's Sammy Zayn versus uh, Johnny Knoxville. It opens with a halluva kick. Yes. And... Nearly gets the pin there, but obviously Knoxville manages to kick out. Zane drags into the outside. He takes some swings at the Jackass crew who are standing or who are sitting ringside. 
but Knoxville sprays him with the fire extinguisher, and then they get out weapons. Let's go through everything that I can remember off of the weapons and chaos, another chaos that they had in this. Zane had uh, a crutch that he basically wore out on Johnny Knoxville, along with a trash can. Knoxville did the garbage can lid symbols and a stop sign. Then Knoxville sets up a table in the corner and exploder suplex through it. Um, Zane throws uh, Knoxville through the table. Then out comes, what's his name? David something? Uh, oh, uh, are you talking about uh, Party Maybe. Boy? Yeah. Oh, what is his name? Oh, I said it earlier today. Now I have to remember my... Remember. I have to find out who is a part of this uh, jackass collective, as it were. It's on the tip of my tongue. Who who else is is a part of that group? Well, they have Uh, new guys, too, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Oh, uh, Chris Pontius. Yes, Chris Pontius. So Chris Pontius was out. He was wearing a diaper, I think. Um, dancing around uh, his... I will say this. This was like the dream call from... Um, less so Michael Cole, but definitely from Pat McAfee. Yes, this, this was the, the match that he was born to call. Yes. So McAfee was just hyped about all of this. The wee man comes in. He hits a uh, scoop slam on Sami Zayn. Crowd yes. goes nuts for this. Like the one of the loudest reactions of the night. Like this is incredible. <laughs> we end up getting they they bring out a boot at one point to kick Sami Zayn uh, between the legs. They have a giant hand, which I saw on Twitter, somebody posted that uh, the hand that Mark Henry and Mae Young had finally had his WrestleMania moment, Um, to which Mark Henry responded that he only produces champions, Um, which is a dumb joke, but based on the match we're talking about. um, Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. We got... We got a taser spot. Knoxville ends up pinning Sami Zayn. In a giant mouse trap. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we had the we had the giant mouse trap because we had the table full of mouse traps. Which Zayn ate so hard. Oh he did. Um Rylan, tell talk to me about this. This was incredible. I don't think anyone expected that the crowd was going to react to this match like this. This was something different. I don't, I don't even know how to really begin to describe it. Like I going into this was like, ah, it's just going to be lame. It's going to be a schmoz. This was so much fun. Every minute of this was fun from the beginning. Uh, Brian Alvarez reports reported that not a single work punch or kick was thrown in this match. And I think you could see it every time they went to a replay. Uh, Sami Zayn, killed him with the haluva kick off the top and then proceeded to kick Wee Man just straight up in the face. No, no pulling it at all. Yeah, he uh, punt kicked Wee Man. It was insane. Uh, this was, it was fun. 
it was fun. Like everything about it was fun. Like Pat McAfee was doing an incredible call. Like you said, I just, it served its purpose. It was a moment of wrestle at WrestleMania. We will remember this for a long time. Yeah, no question. And credit to the guys involved. Credit to Sami Zayn, who, you know, would I like to see him wrestle a different WrestleMania match? Sure. But, like, he's going to go out there and he's going to deliver regardless of what he's working with. And I can't imagine that he was, that there was anybody more excited to do this than Sami Zayn. Yeah, absolutely. And Also, yeah. uh, like, the build. The build was great. It's been going since before the Royal Rumble. And they've yep. kept that this story strong and they've had ins and outs and they, they, but they've kept it going to WrestleMania and to their credit, that's, I mean, that's long-term booking. Yeah. To think about, <laughs> like, I remember uh, during the pandemic WrestleMania, how we talked about how one of the longest running booked um, storylines going into it was Otis and Mandy Rose. As kind of like not in the same way, obviously, but this is similar to that. It's like yeah, a story that's bubbling under the radar, that's getting its ample TV time, but not like a main event story. And then WrestleMania is a good place to conclude that. Absolutely, and, and I and I hope it's not the last time we see these guys get involved. I thought that I thought that they brought something different and something entertaining. We don't need to see it every year. We don't need to see it every week. But like I did again, I thought it was great. Yeah. We'll move on. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley. Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Queen Zelina and Carmella. Fatal four-way tag match for the women's tag team titles. As weirdly built as this was, considering that a lot of these tag teams were basically formed for the purpose of having this match, the match was perfectly good. Um, Banks and Naomi particularly Banks, comes out in a Maserati. Um, which, yeah, cool. And, uh, yeah, other entrances happened uh, we're not going to talk about because this is, we're going to try to keep this as family-friendly-ish as possible. Um, Zelina, Zelina and Carmella hide from Rhea Ripley. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At first I was like, oh, he's talking about Corey Graves. No, he's not. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, we're not talking about court. So we're going to stop this for a second because I didn't think it was. This, is, this was peak terrible Corey Graves. Yeah, yeah uh, he I was know, pretty excruciating. I know that it's supposed to be grading, but it's, this was just too much. And I, I don't want to be that guy. Like Carmella um, is an attractive woman. I'm very happy for the two of them. They found each other, blah, blah, blah. The face mask, the idea that, first of all, the idea that Carmella is, her big claim thing is that she's the prettiest is such a throwback to a wrestling era that does not need to exist anymore. And I don't want to be that guy, but 
I don't know if there's a person in that match that I would say is less attractive than Carmella. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Oh, hot take from Kyle. But it's like, um, it's just it's the whole thing is dumb uh regardless the match was actually very good and there's a lot of good wrestlers in it if yep. if it was strangely built <clears throat> Zelina and Carmella are hiding from Rhea Ripley which I don't blame them Sasha Banks and Liv Morgan hit stereo suicide dives to help their partners who are getting attacked by the heels on each side Baszler brutalizes Liv Morgan for quite a while Zelina tags in uh, as Carmella and Zelina said some weakness in Liv Morgan. They pounce on it. We had a code red from Zelina for two. Everybody gets knocked out as the match breaks down at this point. People are coming in and getting their attacks in as we head towards uh, closer to the conclusion. We get a super hurricane Rana from Carmella on to Rhea Ripley. Then the women set up on either side to turn on both turnbuckles. We get a tower of doom spot on both sides. Everybody's on the ground at this point. Naomi hits a riptide backstabber, or Naomi was hit with a riptide backstabber, which is the combination move that Liv and Rhea Ripley do. That gets a two count because Sasha Banks makes the save. We get some double team offense from Natalia and Shayna Baszler. They set up for the heart attack. But, but, and this is on Carmella, but Queen Zelina pulls out, pulls out um, Natalia as she's running the ropes. The, the heels get in and try to get some isolation, but they are overpowered for a bit. We get a frog splash from Banks on Carmella for two. Banks then hits a meteor on the outside to Zelina. And Naomi and Banks get a double team spine buster code breaker combination to pick up the victory and the tag titles. I thought this is a solid match. I hope this leads to more tag team wrestling happening in WWE because this belt has been an albatross for as long as it's basically existed. And that's a shame because like you have it, you might as well make use of it. Well, and not only that, if you're able to deliver this kind of match on WrestleMania, then why aren't you doing it every week? Yeah. You've got obviously the there's enough tag teams. There was four of them in this match. Yes. Like Shayna and Natalia looked good together. Liv and Rhea Ripley looked good together. Queen Zelina and Carmella, I know they broke up on the Raw after WrestleMania. Spoilers. But like they, I thought they worked together perfectly fine. Like this was good. I always happy to see Naomi get something. Yeah, absolutely. And it was and and it was Sasha Banks' first WrestleMania win. That's a, a sad thought, but you know, she she's not for any shortage of her having great matches because she has great no. matches on WrestleMania on the annual. Speaking of people who we hope for more from from WrestleMania, it's AJ Styles. Hey, look, it's AJ Styles. Oh, uh, he's wrestling geez. the Edge. Jesus Christ. Um, Edge taught Styles early on before they whoa, met. Whoa, 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 whoa. These entrances were dope. These entrances. AJ Styles, AJ Styles had his normal entrance. Oh, that's right. He, he, but he came out bloody. <laughs> that's, <laughs> AJ Styles had his normal entrance, aside from the fact that he decided to do color before the match even started. Mm-hmm. 
Pyro hit him in the face, apparently. And that sucks. And Edge had a throne and some fire. It, yeah, and, and like a, a weird coat and a a whole new like. I mean, this whole new Edge. What, what is this for you? Like, what, what do you? What? How do you see this? And let's not talk uh, about wait, that Brody King tweet. Wait and see. Okay. All right. Wait, fair enough. Wait and see. I don't know. Like. This nostalgia run has gone on a while now. Yeah. And and I'm I'm hoping that this next step for Edge is to try to, you know, take some people under his wing and give them the opportunity to get to elevate them. Um to elevate, I guess we'll say, because it happens at the end of this match, to elevate a guy like Damian Priest. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll let you get it. And I hope it's, yeah, I hope it's the opportunity to get it. Because like, like, the same way that Randy Orton's elevating Ripple, I think. Right. And hypothetically, other people are supposed to be elevated by this, but it doesn't work for everybody. Not talking about this match, we're talking about, uh, we'll get to that. Edge uh, taunt Styles early before they tie up. Styles to big drop kick, then get some arm drags. Edge then runs to the ropes. He's sort of he's so he'll te- he'll taunt AJ and to try to try and go try to goad him into doing something stupid. He manages to pull this off a couple times, but for the most part, he's he's playing chicken with him in the early stage of this match. Both wrestlers tease their finishers, but neither are able to land it. Styles dumps Edge to the outside, hits him with a knee from the apron. We get a springboard 450 attempt, but Edge gets his knees up. Edge then starts to run down Styles, ending with a toss to the corner. Uh, he goes for the pin, but Styles gets his hand on the rope. Edge locks in an abdominal abdominal stretch, then hits a shoulder breaker. But Edge is holding his knee as both men are down. Um, Styles was selling his shoulder the whole time. I'm not sure if it actually legitimately popped out, but they definitely claimed it did. And Edge was selling his knee for quite, for quite a while in this match. We get Styles brings down Edge with a punch after Edge had kneed him in the ribs a few times. Styles then runs at Edge, but Edge dodges, and then AJ goes straight into the turnbuckle. Styles then hits a suplex, suplexing Edge into the turnbuckle. But Edge continues to wear down AJ Styles, and Styles is just basically getting in some shots where he can. He misses a Pele kick. He can't land the Styles class. Clash and Edge counters this, getting an STF, which was locked in for a while. Styles fights back. He hits a springboard DDT from the apron. He then gets a torture rack to a uh, rack bomb for two. We get a lifting DDT. I don't know if this is the educator. I don't remember. Um, Regardless, that gets execution. Execution. I think that was a submission. Anyway. Snap German by Styles as both men are down in the middle of the ring. We get a strike exchange in the middle of the ring as their two are on their knees trying to battle back. Pele kick to a calf crusher, but the calf crusher is countered. They counter back and forth, which ends in edge locking the label lock. He then lands a reverse DDT for two. Edge then uses uh, the ropes to do a slightly assisted powerbomb for two. 
Styles suplexes Reg, uh, Edge on the ring apron as the two were fighting in the corner. And that knocks them out for a bit. They are able to get back in at nine. Styles then hits the springboard 450, which gets a two count. They counter finishers back and forth before Styles hits the Styles Clash, but that only gets a two. So he sets up on the outside to hit the phenomenal forearm, but he's distracted slightly by Damian Priest, and Edge is able to spear him out of the air for the win. Uh, the finish to this match was pretty good. I thought this match was a bit slow. It's funny because you say that, and when you read it, I don't know if it was just the way you were reading it, but it sounded like a great match, and it, I, yes. I thought it was—I thought it was a really good match. I don't but think it was a great match. I thought it was all really of those good. things I said were over the course of twenty-four minutes. True, true, and it, I believe it was the longest match on the card. Yes, which is unsurprising. That's kind of uh, like I don't have a problem with Edge having the longest match on the card. It just I. I felt a lot of these minutes. Yeah, and and it didn't. It felt like it was getting to go somewhere, and but it took a while to get there. I, I get. I certainly get that. I I didn't not feel that. I just I I had thought that they worked well together. I just I don't know what it was that just didn't for me fully click into it. I I just thought it was very good, not great. It's uh, a shame because like, yeah, they, they, they both are great. So you yeah, think right, particularly but like. Edge has had a history of great WrestleMania moments. He's he can go back to like you want to talk about you know Edge versus the Undertaker for example. You can go back to uh, a lot of or the even going back further uh, X Seven the triple the triple threat match, uh, the triple threat tag match. Yeah. Like Edge has had some serious WrestleMania moments and has gotten his WrestleMania shine. <sighs> Is AJ Styles' best WrestleMania match the Boneyard match? It still is, yeah. I think so. I, 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 I think no so. disrespect, because I, I like the Boneyard match. But it was a cinematic match, and we're talking about AJ Styles. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's weird that it happens that way. But, like, I, I completely agree. I was thinking about this the other day. It's just like he hasn't. And it's funny that we mentioned this, because I think he did an interview today where he said that one guy that he knows before he's done, he wants to work with at Mania is Ray. And I'm like, now that I think would be see, the one. that. See, you know what's interesting? Because those guys are both getting up there. I would love those two to do career versus career. That would be great. When one of them is ready to go, I would love those two to, to put, put their careers on the line. Yeah, I think that would be great. But no, un- unfortunately, like you said, it. it uh, I, I want to sit here and say it's best match on the card but it wasn't it wasn't it really wasn't and i would even put steve austin above this one so yeah uh, like and, and that's saying something i'd say i think for me the the match of the night i think ended up being the opening match but like this match was you know what it reminded me of the early the first 15 minutes of this match reminded me of a last man standing match yeah and the problem with last man standing matches that is hard to work around is the fact that the action has to stop at every venture for the referee to start making the count. And it felt kind of like that where, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of selling, which made it like, which was good. Like, obviously they're selling, they're selling limbs. They're doing all of this stuff, but I feel like it could have been a bit more submission heavy or something like that. It could be a bit mm-hmm. more mat wrestling, or something as opposed to it was felt kind of stopped and sturdy. 
Right. And it right. got to a good place at the end. I thought the ending sequence was good. Uh, the distraction, not like, you know, notwithstanding. But this, but yeah, it's just something about, I just want AJ Styles to have that like really great match at WrestleMania. Right. Oh, I, I absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you on that 100%. Um, the post match priest gets in the ring and they just raise you on their arms and that's that. Yep. It does appear that uh, there is rumor that there was a faction coming together. Uh, Edge is reportedly uh, back as uh, reportedly trying to get some more people put into that. We'll see if what ends up happening with that, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind Edge with a faction. Yeah. Do we want to name who, who we've heard? Um, I know Rhea Ripley was rumored. I don't know. Here's a question for you. And I think it's an important question because I think it's sort of one of those things that I don't want to be whatever. With the exception of Degeneration X, and that's kind of a, a like an asterisk exception because China wrestled against, was wrestling against men at the time. Has there ever been a mixed uh, gender faction on the main roster that's ever like had any level of success? Not a couple, a faction. I don't know. Uh, I mean, could you could argue the Hardy Boys and Lita? Yeah, but like Lita kind of felt like their manager for like she would get involved at some points too. But like it just and then and then everything that fell out with that that was just sort of messy. But right. like, is the one that the one that I always fall back on was, but it's NXT, so it's just a different world. Was Sanity? I thought Sanity was an awesome faction. Right. But just never like could not make that transition on the main roster, and then they didn't bring along Nikki to begin with, and they didn't really care about Eric. Yeah, it was just a whole mess. Well, that yeah, that one I think fell apart. But I mean, you got you got to like I think the difference is the players in this one. Yeah, I mean you've got you've got a guy in Edge and now Priest, and we're talking about Rhea Ripley potentially. Although she does kind of feel like her and um, who is she tagging with? Uh, Liv. Liv Morgan fit together as a great tag team. So why would they you do. split that? Why why would you split that? So yeah. and that I, I that one doesn't quite make as much sense to me. But uh, they were also talking about Tommaso Champa. Champa makes sense if just to have him have a way to get into the main roster. Well, he did do his feel terrified. He did do his farewells at the NXT show. So I think yeah. I mean with him being on Raw in the last month and and a bit in different matches uh, and NXT really and being more integrated into the main roster as well. I think we're going to see him uh, very soon. Yeah. Very soon. And it makes, and I feel like he kind of fits too. So that's fair. Uh, um, we'll move on. Uh, I don't want to talk about this match. I don't know if you can tell I'm stalling. Uh, what you, the first part of it was fine. It was the after aftermath that that was bad. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm going to leave out something because I want to save it for the end. Okay. New Day. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not. Uh, I did not realize what match you were talking about. Seamus and Rich Holland. Kofi, it's trouble in paradise and media on Holland and Holland's in trouble. Woods hits a DDT on Holland. Is he, he 
tags in. Kofi's on the outside, but he gets he eats a broke kick. That takes him out of the rest of the match. We get a super kick from Woods. The referee gets distracted. Sheamus broke kicks Woods, and we get the Northern Grit for the win for Ridge Holland and Sheamus. The thing that I left out this entire time, Butch was a child idiot. Yes. Yes. And that's his character. Yes, he's like uh scrappy he's dude. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> oh, he's and he's the, the clothing. Like it's Peaky Blinders, new, man. It's Peaky he's blinders. got a newsboy hat. And oh, he's out there to get a fight, he is. Um <laughs> This sucked. Really? This is Pete Dunn. I I see. I was I was offended by that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I f- thought you're squashing the new day in under two minutes. Oh, who even while, cares? Well, I, but, but at least they didn't bring up Kofi Mania this time. No, but they they did highlight the fact that one of these guys broke Biggie's neck and used it as an angle, which is at this point getting kind of gross. Like I don't want to. Why do we need to see it? Like and then, the guys, like, and then they have them go over the guy. Like yeah, like they have the then do the Biggie. They have Biggie uh, themes in their costumes. Xavier Woods take the straps down to do uh, for, uh, to do the Biggie uh, show, and it's it was a minute forty. They were pinned. Yeah. And like, yeah, I can be upset about the new day getting treated like garbage, but like, what else is there? These, they, they. Do you notice that Seamus and Rich Holland are large, and the new day are not? Yeah, therefore better. Also, and this is important, they treated Pete Dunn like a child. There's a. Seamus was wrangling Pete Dunn to keep yeah, he him was from like attacking his... the New Day. Yeah. What it... are we doing here? I I I don't know. I don't know. This this one was this one's been and 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 they call him Butch. Yeah, I mean, might as well so as not to stain the name of Pete Dunn with this trash character. <laughs> I bet he's happy he resigned. Oh, well, like I don't know. I honestly could, don't know. For for a lot of these, for a lot of the wrestlers, I honestly don't know. Maybe this is like maybe he's happy doing this with this character or whatever it is. I I can't. I I honestly can't tell. Like some of them are always so outspoken. Like the revival were not quiet about hating creative while they mm-hmm. were while they were in um, in WWE while they're still in contract. And obviously, Mustafa Ali, like once he asked for his release, he's not been quiet about about stuff. But a lot of them, you know, this is their job. This is what they're that they're out there doing. And this is what they got for them. So, Pete Dunn's a, an eight year old kid. He is for our music, a musical uh, loving fan, fans. He is a more animalistic version of Gavroche from Les Misérables. Um, hopefully he doesn't get shot like Gavrash does. Let's move on. Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee. This is what and, I thought you were talking about off the top. And no, I, this was fine. Um, I can't, I can't get mad at this match. Um, Mr. McMahon introduces Austin Theory as a future Universal Champion. Theory takes a selfie with him as he gets into the ring. 
Mr. McMahon is sitting ringside. Pat McAfee has the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and comes out to Seven Nation Army. It's just it's so incredible. Like this entrance was breathtaking. This crowd ate it. Yeah, just, oh yeah. They just ate it right up. And like I, for, I've always been the person who, who was of the opinion that the best walkout song anybody could get a crowd jacked up with was X Gonna Give It To You by DMX. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's the White Stripes. <laughs> um, certainly for this crowd, um, this was this was the way to go. I so we'll get into the match itself. Um, one thing I will say about this has missed. Have Michael Cole ever had a better call than this one? No, no. He, this was his shining moment, really. Uh, Michael Cole was. Michael Cole was on commentary with Byron Saxon. I'm glad it was Saxon and not Corey Graves. Not that I prefer Byron Saxton. Um, it's just the the difference in attitude. Byron Saxton was very like deferential to the fact that Mr. McMahon was sitting next to him. Michael Cole clearly didn't care, and he just wanted his boy to to kick the crap out of Austin Theory. When when he screamed for the brand, I <laughs> I howled oh man um he, re- he referenced uh, McAfee's boys yeah he screamed for the brand when he did a, a, a leap off the anyway let's let's get it let's get into this match we get McAfee gets some strikes to open he hits a hurricane rana theory comes back with a backbreaker and some strikes of his own we had a vertical suplex by theory and then another uh, McAfee reverses a suplex hitting one of his own and then McAfee sends Theory into the announce table and he gets on commentary to uh, say that he's going to beat up Austin Theory throws water in his face which was apparently revenge for a previous thing that Theory had done on an episode of Smackdown McAfee tries the swanton bomb but Theory rolls out of the way we get a spinning back suplex by Theory for a two count then uh, McAfee, they end up fighting at the top rope. McAfee does a spot where he leaps onto the top rope and hits a superplex for two. Theory then dodges the punt and hits a basement drop kick. The theory goes for his finisher, but McAfee, or, but McAfee rolls him up and picks up the victory. So Pat McAfee has won his WrestleMania match. Uh, I thought we'll we'll wait for the post match. I thought this match was entertaining for what it was. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think the crowd was super into it once again. The things that the crowd were into on this show, it was something special, that's for sure. So Pat McAfee is taunting Austin Theory after the match and taunting Mr. McMahon, which Mr. McMahon takes exception to. At this point, Michael Cole is turned like, oh, you don't want to do that. And Mr. McMahon eventually is goaded into taking off his his uh, suit, taking off his shirt, and revealing he's got the black undershirt on. The, the most dangerous undershirt in the business. He's ready for a scrap. They call for a referee. The referee is confused. Pat McAfee is just looking for a scrap. Uh, the ref is confused. The commentary team is confused. But Mr. McMahon uh, tells him to ring the bell, and he does. 
So our next match is Mr. McMahon versus Pat McAfee. This was an unannounced match on the show. McMahon hits a couple clotheslines on McAfee. Uh, McMahon then tosses McAfee into the corner. And while McAfee is um, sort of recovering from that, Austin Theory drops him and drags his, him growing first into the post. And the referee is can see what's going on, but he isn't going to say anything. And which is that's that's not what you're supposed to do as a referee. <laughs> McMahon punts a ball into the side of McAfee and pins him. So Pat McAfee is now one and one in his WrestleMania career, uh, leaving Michael Cole as the only commentator to be undefeated in WrestleMania history. So in the post-match, I don't even, like, this was just crazy. But as we know in wrestling, in wrestling law, if Mr. McMahon starts gloating, the next thing that has to happen is what happens next, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. So let's go through. Wait, uh, wait, before that, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta react to the fact that Austin Theory's music hit and Vince Mr. McMahon reacted. was terrified and then realized, and then Austin Theory had to calm him down. No, that's my music. You're fine. And then Stone Cold's music hit and he's terrified again. So Stone Cold comes out, the crowd loses their minds. Austin Theory takes a stunner and he sells it like the rock circa 1998. <laughs> There's a whole flop and everything. Mr. McMahon sets his own record for the worst stunner he's ever taken. Uh, and even 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 Austin had to get a laugh out of that. Yeah, he just couldn't believe that he just could. And man, did they ever edit this in post for for the Raw after WrestleMania? I saw what they the difference they posted when they uh, edited the shit out of this, and looks like it looks a lot cleaner. <laughs> oh man, I, I believe it. He hasn't had enough from last night. Uh, he Pat McAfee gets into the ring because Pat McAfee is still an idiot. Um. Pat McAfee gets into the ring and uh, Stone Cold stuns him, which does gets the Pat McAfee beer spit take, which was great too. Three beautiful stunners, each for its own, each for their own way. Yeah. And that leads us to the main event. <laughs> McAfee on the floor guzzling beer. Oh. Austin pours a beer out onto him before celebrating. Oh, God. We go to the build-up for the main event. And um, I thought this was a pretty good video package. I don't think it was better than some of the ones we saw yesterday or in uh, day one. But... No. No, definitely not. But yeah, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Paul, uh, Roman Reigns is coming out with Paul Heyman and the Usos. It is a universal slash WWE championship unification match. They said it was the biggest WrestleMania match ever because the first unification match uh, in the history of WrestleMania main event, uh, which means that even WWE has forgotten that Triple H wrestled Chris Jericho at WrestleMania X uh, 18. 19? I think yeah, you know, the, 18. The, the title had already been unified at that point. Oh, that's fair. Um. Huh. Okay. 
Brock, in what was a, a bit of a highlight, does the Heyman intro for himself, which oh. uh, I got a kick out of that. He like this. This it's amazing to me. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off before you get into this, but it's amazing to me that this Brock Lesnar is maybe the most enjoyable Brock Lesnar he may have ever been, and it's almost a shame that it's so late in his career. <laughs> yep, really is. I'm glad. I'm glad he did get this run though. Brock takes Roman into the corner. He hits a trio of overhead belly to bellies. We get a clothesline to the outside as Roman is stumbling. Lesnar then goes after Heyman. Uh, and Heyman is terrified, but Roman spears him through the barricade. And Lesnar gets back into the ring, beating the 10 count. But Roman spears him again, which gets a near fall. Reigns then hits a Superman punch, then another. Lesnar avoids the third Superman punch and hits Suplex City, but then gets two more Soup Germans in there too, because you can never have too many German suplexes. Another Superman punch by Reigns. Lesnar manages to counter the spear into the F5 for two. Reigns then spears Lesnar into the official, and he low blows Lesnar. And there's nobody who sells a low blow like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Reigns hits Lesnar with the title belt, which gets a near fall. Reigns then spears Lesnar's back, but Lesnar gets to the ropes during the pinfall attempt. Reigns tries another spear, but Lesnar locks in the Kimura lock. And Reigns is fighting for a while. It finally makes the ropes. I could not take Paul Heyman on the corner. Please, my tribal chief, you must get up. I love you. I beg of you, my tribal chief. <laughs> that was that was perfect, Kyle. That was oh, perfect. God. Um Lesnar sets up the F5. Roman slips out, hits the spear, picks up the win. Um, this was bad. Yeah. What everything around the match was good. The match was just kind of bad. Just it wasn't – so here's the thing. What kept this match going was the crowd was way hotter for it than they were for um, 34. Yeah. But – because 34, the crowd just decided that this match should not happen. This one, they, gave, they did the ooh for uh, Roman Spear, for the one he did the ooh for, which he missed – uh, they did. Uh, they acknowledged him when he asked, when he yelled at them to acknowledge him. They they cheered Lesnar's hero spots. Like, the crowd was into this, and I'll give them credit for that because this match wasn't good. <laughs> it was it was the kind of finisher spammy thing that we kind of expected it was going to be. Right, and 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 that's why it, like. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm certainly not gonna praise this one because I feel like the, if, when you're talking about this, these guys main eventing three WrestleManias. Yep. The first one for me is a good match, and it ended well too because you got something something different. Something Second different match, like you said, neither of them winning. Right, um, and then after that, you got. Or sorry, at 34, like you said, just a terrible match and a, a terrible reaction to the crowd. And they and they even bladed 
They even blame, or sorry, they they yeah. cut Roman in that match. They cut they still, bad in that match. Yeah. They let Brock go at him with the elbows. Like, Christ. And so yeah. this match, for me, is, like, in the middle. Like, it's not, it, it didn't, like you said, the, the things around it were fine. It uh, The crowd was into it, whatever, but it just, like, firstly, it's just a really abrupt ending. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're telling me that you guys can't go longer than 12 minutes? I know that's a typical Brock Lesnar length, but, like, this is a bit different, you know what I mean? Like, this one felt like it was supposed to be some sort of big, you know, shebang, and it just kind of ended, like, the the barbed wire death match. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's WrestleMania. Like and the problem with that is that that's just, that's for as good a WrestleMania as this was, it's kind of a crappy way to end it. Yeah. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. So Rylan, what are you gonna give this out of out of five for, for WrestleMania night two? This is tricky. Yeah, it is. Uh, I give it a 3.5. I gave the last one a 4. And I think uh, that that's fair. It was a little bit less than I enjoyed the night prior, but uh, it wasn't terrible. Like, it wasn't terrible, and, and, and there were stuff there was stuff on it that I wasn't expecting to like, and I liked a lot. So, uh, you know, uh, I, it's again, there's going to be a lot of moments from this WrestleMania I'll never forget. I'm going to give this a 3. I think there was a lot of levity in night two, which I think was nice, but the levity needs to be surrounded by uh, good wrestling. And I think the opening match lived up to that expectation. I think that the women's tag team match did it held up its end of the bargain. And then everything else was just kind of like, because Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, never mind Mr. McMahon, Austin Theory, was never going to be the match classic that we needed, you know, or even a high-paced, like, thriller. And the same thing with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Those two matches delivered, or three matches, I guess, delivered on what they were supposed to do. Right. And then everything around it sort of had to do its job to keep everything going. And I, I think some lived up to their expectations and some just didn't quite. So, yeah, um, three for me. Well, Which I gave the first night a four and a half, and I stand by that. I I think that here's a question for you. And I guess it's an odd question because of where it would have been placed in the card. But you had two matches that went uh, over 20 minutes on this show. If we had had Edge AJ Styles on night one, as it was, and Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins on night two. Is that a better show, or are we just weakening of what was a stellar night one? I think at that point you're weakening a stellar night. Yeah, that 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 show I felt like was so breathable and so well digested, and and even with whatever I I felt about Charlotte and and Ronda, I I uh, I loved it. I really loved it as a, as a WrestleMania. I, I like it. Almost didn't feel like it needed another half for me you know what i mean and don't get me wrong i was happy that there was more because i do enjoy it so i did enjoy it but yeah that's just how i felt about night one i I don't think we moving moving anything around would have saved anything i think 
It's interesting now that I think we've established that night one, I feel like, is for the fans, and night one's for the company. Or night two's for the company. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's certainly the record they're going on. Because night two, I feel like, is where they're going to get the they're going to get the Roman Reigns match. They're going to get the like a lot of the stuff that they they want to book for <clears throat> that, that they want to make is like the the be all end all whatever it is, and then we've had just some fun stuff um, on night one. I was surprised both women's title matches went on night one, but I I enjoyed them both. Like and obviously Bianca and Becky killed it, but yeah, so. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about WrestleMania as a whole? Like just uh, like any notes that you want to add or anything you want to add to this? I'm just, happy. I'm just happy that uh, honestly that it wasn't because the lead-in was terrible. Day one, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, all shit. All shit. Um, and WrestleMania ended up being pretty good. And 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 that's a rarity when you've got such such garbage going in and, and such poor poorly reviewed decision making and what have you. And, and but at the end of the day, the company will, is going to go whichever direction they want to. Uh, I'm just happy that at the end of this, it looks like we're going to have an interesting uh, summer of wrestling from the WWE with Cody Rhodes, with Roman having both belts, with uh, what whatever ha- comes of WrestleMania. Obviously, Bianca's next run. Uh, I I was going to mention a few things that happened on uh, the Raw after WrestleMania. So, Bianca's got quite the black eye. My goodness. Well, we talked Uh, about, because we talked about the, and I think we only mentioned it uh, a little bit, but, like, that Molly go round was a Molly go face. Yep, it definitely was. And she was wearing it. uh, But to her credit, she came out, cut a really, really great promo. Um, and she's, you know, look, we're looking forward to what's the next direction. I'm assuming it's Becky. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems to do it again. Um, it, it'd be fine to run that one back. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was easily my number two match of the, of the whole thing. Um, Cody Rhodes came out, cut a big emotional promo, cried. Uh, Dusty was on the screen. He talks about how he wants to win the title that his dad never did. So... I don't know what they're doing with the universal titles uh, now that he's the undisputed universal champion. I don't know if, if that's the what it's going to be, if there's going to be one belt, but it would appear that Cody wants it. Uh, he wrestled a dark match with Kevin Owens, uh, which was apparently hilarious because Kevin Owens was doing Young Bucks taunts the entire time. That's, that's classic Kevin Owens. Um, what else happened? Uh, Veer. Veer made it to Raw, Kyle. He's only been there like six months. We're talking about he, he was he, on his way. July, July is when they started promoting Veer Mahan was coming through, uh, and he made it. He made it. He beat the shit out of the Mysterios. Yep. Um, uh, Kevin Owens was on the show. He gave uh, put over Steve Austin, and now he underestimated him. Um, and then uh, that brought out uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, who is the younger brother of Elias. Who is AKA Elias? Yes, Elias without a beard and in the campiest wrestling gear. Uh, man, he would fit right in with ASPWA. Uh, okay. Maybe we need to bring in Ezekiel. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, there was that. 
I'm, I'm not sure. A lot of people said it was a kind of a down ending because Roman came out and then basically said, I'll tell you what the next step is on SmackDown. And there was nothing solidified for him. So as it was, uh, I, I enjoyed WrestleMania weekend quite a bit. I thought that there was a lot of uh, great stuff going on. I'm sure that I haven't watched half of it. Uh, I heard a lot of great things about uh, blood sport and the GCW shows and, and what have you. Um, so certainly I think uh, the first successful WrestleMania weekend or truly successful WrestleMania weekend since uh, the pandemic has started to ease up. Yeah. Um, with that, I guess Wallet Mania is slowly coming to end. Rylan, why don't you tell the people where they can find us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at, at W1Wallop, on Instagram at W1Wallop, on Facebook, just type in Wednesday Night Wallop and look for myself, Rylan Turner, and Kyle Joseph's name. That's us. That's us. You won't miss us. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at, at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. If you want to find Kyle, where can they find you, Kyle? At Legendary KJ, which is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. We're going to be getting back into some uh, Wednesday night reviews, or Wednesday night slash Friday night reviews of wrestling, of AEW wrestling again very, very soon. And we also have something very exciting coming up the pipe for you that we are going to be revealing to you very soon. Yes, yes. Stay tuned and stay locked in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been Wallop Mania 3, and you have been walloped. See ya. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at RylanWallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.